Welcome to The Coaching Cast, your working from home managers club, here to check in with you weekly, to share your working highs and lows, remind you that you're not alone, and that there are many of us outside of your current four walls, all trying to be the best coach, leader, manager, and human being we can possibly be. I'm Susie, sales and business coach at Future You Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, parenting a toddler who does not take too kindly to being questioned. And I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader, and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo, which suffocates rather than advocates. In this podcast, we aim to explore the leadership and coaching techniques required to navigate and survive the current business environment, presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints, and tips for you to take away and try for yourself. We hope you enjoy listening. Today's episode, we are talking about mindsets, specifically having a fixed or growth mindset, a concept developed by Dr. Carol Dweck based on the notion of not yet, the belief that you can always improve, achieve and move forward through the mindset that you choose. So stay with us and enjoy. So Lisa, before we get into today's episode, uh, how are you? How's your week been? Yeah, I've had a really good week, actually, despite the weather being a bit changeable. It doesn't feel like May. It feels quite cold, actually. Um, but no, it's been really good. So I tried something new on Friday. Oh, tell me more. Friday morning. So I did a yoga class for the first time in about, I don't know, quite a few years, actually. I really like yoga. I like the idea of yoga. Yeah. I'm not very good at yoga. And I've never really been able to find a class that suits me because yoga seems to take place at like 10 o'clock in the morning. And, <laughs> you know, considering I've always worked, that doesn't really fit into my, my schedule. Um, but anyway, I did a yoga class outside on a beach. Flipping out. No, it was really, it was very, I don't know. It was very Lululemon, you know, I felt very much like, you know, this was the epitome of what yoga is like. You know, you go on a beach, <laughs> zen outside. Obviously, yeah. you have to be outside because of the still sort of the restrictions and things. Um, and it was a private one with two of my best friends who I haven't seen in like six plus months. So it was wonderful anyway to see them. And yeah, it was fantastic. But it was quite funny because so there we are. We're doing the opening meditation part, which I'm always pretty rubbish at um, because I, I can't take it very seriously. So I'm doing my best to get into the zone. And the yeah. yoga instructor was absolutely amazing and had the most wonderful voice, very calm and, you know, soulful and peaceful. So there she is. So we're sitting in a little circle and the sun's shining. And she's getting us to like tune into the sounds and the smells. And like notice what you notice, you know, like listen to the waves. Oh, I feel the like I'm there with you. Um, she's like, you know, smell the smell of the ocean, the salt and all this. And anyway, we're all sitting there. We're like, you know, taking in the deep breaths because you have to do the exaggerated breaths as well. Don't you know, like the, <laughs> which always cracks me up as well. Um, and I'm thinking, well, I can smell the salty sea air, but I can also smell something a little bit more pungent. 
And I was thinking, I think I can smell marijuana. And <laughs> I look over to my friend and my friend's going, she's like, I can smell weed. And we're all going, yeah, we can smell weed. And um, obviously totally disrupts the Zen moment. And like, we look over and on this line of boulders that is there is like a beach, like wave breaker. There's like this couple <laughs> smoking spliffs and drinking Stella out of a can at a quarter to 10 in the morning on a Friday. And I was like, brilliant. <laughs> oh my like, goodness. So I was like, yeah, respect for getting on it on a bank holiday weekend, I guess, you know, starting early on a Friday. Clearly furlough is working well for them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, well, not quite the Zen moment I was expecting. I think, you know, I should have gone over and joined in. Be like, wait, my friend was like, think about it as though we're in India you know the smell of the marijuana I was like well I don't think in I don't think in um India they necessarily um smoke smoke weed and and drink Stella you know during um during um their yoga moments let's be honest but yeah anyway it's a new one so that's what I did that was my story for for last week I mean, how's your, how your week? I mean, I don't, I don't think I can quite follow that. I mean, I've never heard of a, a yoga session quite uh, a on a beach and the sound of the waves. I mean, it sounded very. The setup was incredibly zen-like. Like, yeah, and then you know, in that respect, I am very jealous because my week has um, not really involved much zen. If I'm <laughs> completely honest, um, I've had water coming through the ceiling through various plug sockets in my house uh because it's been very rainy and obviously having some building work done and I don't know what's happened but anyway uh so that was a bit annoying um just yeah generally quite annoying um and also the other thing I found this week is now because we're obviously going out and about a bit more um to places and seeing people outside and things don't know about you but I've kind of like forgotten how to get dressed to leave the house um so I've realised that in the last year, I've probably just been wearing a rotation of joggers and hoodies. So like four sets of hoodies and, and joggers, which I've just been like rotating. And I've realised now that I can't actually do that. Like I have to actually potentially put an outfit together, get dressed properly, brush my hair. Um, and A, that takes time. And B, I need to kind of think about like what I'm doing and where I'm going and we're always outside so I'm having to wear more layers than normal because it was bloody freezing so um I've realized that that was something that I'd just completely like forgotten the ability to do this week (laughs) I found it quite stressful what have you been wearing then elaborate (laughs) (laughs) nothing too exciting but I was like can I get can I get away with like an um an elasticated waist Yes, always. Joggers. um, I've become very accustomed, I think, to my joggers in the last. um, Aren't joggers like chic now? I see everyone wearing joggers, and everyone like I. I love the whole look of. I'm just casually throwing on like my joggers and my hoodie with this and a full face. Really, yeah, and like this really smart coat. I can't pull it off at all, but I've never been able to pull off a pair of joggers. So, um, I can look just as you know scruffy, but I think I just look scruffy. I don't think I don't wear make. Well, it's probably because I don't. I haven't done my hair. I haven't done a full face of makeup and I probably haven't had a shower. So that's probably why I look terrible. I'm not doing it right. 
I mean, there is a reason why we record this podcast separately on a remote (laughs) basis. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Thank God for like the softness of Zoom. I think I've got the filter feature on. So like anyone who watches this podcast, I'll be like, "Mm." and I also find that the headphones cover up a multitude of sins because no one can ever see how dirty my hair is or how grey it is. So that's always best. (laughs) You're giving away all our uh, our tricks. Oh, yeah. In today's episode, it's all about how our mindset can impact our personal growth and professional success. Research by Stanford University professor Carol Dweck shows how belief in our abilities has a strong impact on our success. Dweck's research talks about two mindsets, specifically a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. But what do these terms mean? Well, a fixed mindset is when you think you can't learn anything new, that your abilities are fixed and you are often resistant to change and so limit your potential. You may spend more time than is required in something called the performance zone, where your goal is to be the best that you can be, concentrating on mastering skills or knowledge and looking to minimise mistakes. A growth mindset is an option to see a future with many possibilities and choices and working towards achieving it. It's not a no, but it is a not yet or a what if. It can sound like I can learn to do anything I want or I like to try new things or I'm inspired by others' success. It's based on the belief that attitude and effort determine abilities. So let's bring this idea of a growth mindset to life a little bit more through a well-known story. Who can remember the story of Eddie the Eagle? A true story and also a great film. He role models a growth mindset. Michael Eddie Edwards was an unlikely but courageous British ski jumper who never stopped believing in himself, even as an entire nation was counting him out. Eddie pursues his ski jumping dream despite many challenges and wins the hearts of fans around the world by making an improbable and historic display at the 1988 Calgary Winter Olympics when the odds stacked against him and he takes on his first ever 90-metre jump. A growth mindset led him to truly inspiring achievements. So, Lisa, let's explore growth mindset in a little bit more detail. Why do you think having a growth mindset often is seen as a key contributor to either business or personal growth? So, I think with this mindset, with a growth mindset, I think as you've demonstrated with that story specifically about Eddie the Eagle, it really does tend to push us a lot more and push us into the space where we want to learn and improve as a result. And we therefore concentrate on becoming a master and and an expert of something very much with the starting point of recognizing that perhaps we're not at the very beginning of that, that journey and that actually that's totally okay so I think when you acknowledge that you're new and you're comfortable with that and you're in that space for learning you're a lot more flexible 
and you're more comfortable in respect of not knowing, wanting to seek and understand, therefore you're learning and being accepting of making mistakes along the way. Because ultimately when you don't know something and you're not a master of it yet, you're not the expert, mistakes are sort of inevitable and it's being comfortable with that. Yeah. And I think in a work context for businesses, that is such a valuable space to have your people operating in, in that they are more likely to, you know, put forward ideas, be creative because they're giving them themselves the space and they're relaxing their mindset to be able to do that. Cause like we all know when you're, when you put yourself under pressure you close your brain down, you restrict it, you become a lot more rigid. And if you allow yourself to become stressed, that rigidity restricts taking risks and Mm. um, thinking broader and wider and bigger. So from a business perspective, actually you want people to be in that creative mind space to come up with new ideas, to try new things. Because actually the more things you try, actually the greater Um, probability you are to have success because you're putting more things out there aren't you you're creating more of those options so it's I think it has so much benefit for a business but the business itself has to be comfortable in Mm. itself with that um, notion that people will fail at times and that that's okay and I think some businesses do struggle with that because you know a failure a mistake it could waste time it could hold things back it could become costly so it definitely needs a business to be brave and bold in itself and to I suppose in many ways expect that like expect that that is likely to be what will happen and to become comfortable with it or to build contingency like whether it's time or money into that but that's that also takes building that space of trust which we've talked about obviously before but I do think the businesses that are in that um, if, are set up in that way are those that move forwards, that progress, that that actually get you know become more successful overall. Really, yeah. Okay, so I think um, the piece around becoming comfortable with making mistakes and learning from them, I want to come back to in a second. Okay, um, but the, I think you raise a really important point, which I'd like to explore in a bit more detail, which is around. Um, that kind of mastery so becoming the master of your your mindset Mm. Uh, um, and that's really really important because you um fundamentally are the gatekeeper of your thoughts and of your mind and that is both in a work context and in a personal uh context as well and actually if you feed your mind positivity inspiration um reflection rather than you know that criticism, that doubt, which can some often be linked to that more fixed mindset piece. Mm. Um, you know, your mindset impacts a lot of your own personal outputs. So the way that you achieve your levels of self-esteem, your levels of drive, your levels of um, perspective, how optimistic you are. So actually, if you feed your mindset like all these really great lovely positive things um the way you'll go about tackling and uh, learning from things dealing with mistakes 
risks um will become different because of the way you're going into it Mm. if that if that makes sense Mm. and I think that's a really crucial point um to not necessarily forget when we're talking about um this concept because I know when I first came across growth mindset and fixed mindset in a business context, it can sound quite abstract, can't mm, it? Mm. You're a bit like, how does this relate to me as an individual? And how do I link this to how I lead others? And how do I cultivate this for other people and for them to see the benefits of it? But I think stripping it back and just thinking about that fact that you are a master of your own mindset and how mm. you do that and cultivate that is literally like a first step in in showing and demonstrating a growth mindset in some instances mm. yeah I think you have to be aware of how you're already thinking and yeah. your potentially like natural stance so how do you approach new challenges do you approach them with the with that mindset which we would classify as a growth mindset of anything of like just go for it like give it a go what's the worst that could happen or are you less likely to go after the challenge if you believe that you don't already have the skills to do it or you haven't had experience of it before or even if you know admittedly you are frightened you'll fail because a fixed mindset will look at a new challenge potentially if they haven't done it before and go well I'm not going to give that a go because I don't want to get it wrong yeah because the fear of getting it wrong is too strong and that's what they see rather than thinking about it in terms of what would the opportunity be or even if it what would it look like if I was successful though yeah you know it's it's that kind of they're the kind of opposites um and it it is it is tough because I think we all can go into the fixed mindset space if I'm being perfectly honest I woke up in a fixed mindset this morning uh you know I it was just one of those mornings where I woke up and I was thinking I can't do that and then unfortunately like I generally think mindsets tend to do is that it snowballs and it suddenly becomes about everything I can't do anything it's not it's no longer about you know the the one specific subject I was thinking of which actually to be quite honest I've shaken off that mindset now and I can't even remember what that was so this isn't the best example I've ever had <laughs> but my point being is that you know I woke up with this view of I can't do that yeah and then all of a sudden it was actually I can't do anything I'm rubbish at everything I'm a disaster yeah. I'm going nowhere my life is on hold you know I literally went down that rabbit hole this morning I've managed to pull myself out of it now um and I'm sat here recording this podcast so it's uh, I've managed to turn it around but that is the danger I think generally of the fixed mindset is once you're in it ensuring you know ensuring you don't get lost in it Mm. um, because we can be so self-destructive when we want to be and uh, I think it's that fear that holds us back so often the fear of either the unknown or the fear of failure Mm. and actually you it's trying to flip yourself into the space of, yeah, but what if I, what if it was successful? What if I just, you know, if I just did it, um, but yeah, it is, it is, it's challenging, but can be so incredibly rewarding if you're yeah. operating in that space. It's interesting what you said about, you know, in the work context, like it can be abstract. So what can, what can individuals do to adopt it? And, because, and ensure, actually, if anything, it becomes more of a habit. Mm. So what's your experience of 
adopting a growth mindset and trying to enable it to become a habit for you and your team? I think there's probably one word for me, which um, in my experience of it was quite fundamental in helping drive um, or become more aware of your mindset and also of your the way that you demonstrate it in, in the way that you approach you know, challenge or certain situations. And that's consistency. And what I mean by that is um, thinking about how you consistently keep the idea of a growth mindset alive so I know when I was leading a team we did a lot of work up front when we wanted to start this um journey that's the previous bullshit bingo I've already used it as well (laughs) I told you I use it we both do I know it's 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 totally fine um but yeah I think when we started that journey around um creating a um, a culture where we wanted to be more accepting of um, learning and of making mistakes, which is fundamentally, you know, the traits of a growth mindset. We had to do some education up front around what is the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset? How do they come about? What triggers those for each of us and for us as a team or as a department or as a business? Um, so we had to do kind of an element of um exploring which I think you you talked a little bit about before and then um that probably took um a good kind of couple of months where we became really comfortable with what it actually was and what it what it could mean um because I think when you it's certainly in my experience been a concept which at times I've kind of wrangled with in terms of like fully understanding because I think when you're trying to explain it it can be a little bit like what what you like what you want about um so we we spent a lot of focus on really kind of pulling it apart and thinking about um what it is and then we built some interventions into um how we then keep it alive so um I'm going to steal this with great pride um but one of the things that one of my colleagues came up with was um an award and it was called the Yeti and oh. this will probably make a little bit more sense in a minute when we when we come on to talk about making this it was called the Yeti award and the premise of the Yeti award was people who demonstrated a growth mindset so they were recognized they were celebrated they were rewarded on a continual basis so it was like an award that we did every month um in order to celebrate that um that was being demonstrated so having a growth mindset was being demonstrated um and I think doing little consistent interventions like that really then helps like embed what you're trying to achieve through having a growth mindset within your team or within your business or even as an individual as well and catching yourself um you know before you perhaps respond or react to a situation so to build on that what um is a great kind of um thing that's uh, linked to a growth mindset is the is the concept of the word yet so you know I can't do this so this morning when you woke up you're like I, you know I can't do this but actually if you reframe that and add the word yet so I can't do this yet it changes the premise of what you're thinking and so that will then change how you feel about that situation uh, and how on that mindset that you will have going into the day or going into a certain situation or solving a problem um, and so those 
three little letters, that one word, yet, is so important. Hence why the Yeti Awards came about. <laughs> yeah. um, like I said, I'm stealing with pride, um, was, you know, a brilliant little idea about keeping that concept of growth mindset mm. alive. Um, I think you're so right about consistency because I think any new idea or new approach requires practice before yeah. it becomes the norm and the more you repeat the practice of what you're doing so like with the yeti award and i think that's also great because it's celebrating it's recognizing people yeah. for what they're doing so it's really positive but it's it's reinforcing that behavior and saying we're going to celebrate this it's really great we would like more of this um you know it becomes a habit and so everyone's doing it because that's i mean that that little word of yet i I find so helpful. It really helps me in my mindset. And it gives me, it gives me just a break. It's like, it gives you space and it alleviates the pressure, you know, cause I, I think I, I've said it before and I think many of us are, we are our own worst critics. Yeah. And the things we say to ourselves are so, they're worse than what anyone probably has ever said to us in general. And we can be so mean to ourselves and actually just saying it's not it's just a not yet I'm just not good at this just yet or I can't do this just yet it just gives you space to therefore try things out and to learn and to be a bit more comfortable with that so you're totally right how powerful that word can be and actually just by simply adding it to the the language and and the way you're talking to yourself and actually the way you talk to other people because obviously you are you you can support others with this it completely changes the tone and the meaning of of what's being said. It's so helpful. It's so helpful. Well, it affects our own self-belief. And fundamentally, you know, that's, we are the input to how we, you know, cultivate our own self-belief. It comes from us. uh, And just using that little word on a, on a frequent basis, you know, can really help build that. Mm. Um, but I want to go back to something I kind of have parked earlier on in, in our in our chat there, which was around um, mistakes mm. and becoming comfortable from le- making mistakes, but also learning from them. Mm. And one of the key themes, you know, in having a growth mindset is just that. So becoming comfortable with making mistakes and learning um, from when those happen. So why do you think we're so scared about making mistakes? Like, I think reflecting on your own kind of personal examples um it for me it definitely feels like something that we all suffer from um Mm. day to day and also in organizations as well why do you think it is yeah we're so we're so scared of doing of doing that I actually think this links quite nicely to what we spoke about in episode one of this second season about being comfortable with vulnerability and not knowing because I think the fear of making a mistake is a fear about showing people our imperfections and our flaws and potentially showing a side to people that is different potentially from the construct that we've created around us. Yeah. So I think, you know, when I think about it in a work context, you secure 
a job based on your skills, your experience, your knowledge, your capabilities. That's that's your CV is your piece of paper that details that. Your interview is your performance to get through the door. And when you're there, it, for many of us, it's about proving that what they saw is what you're, you are. Do you know what I mean? That, like, yeah. that you live up to the expectation you've given to people. And I think beyond that early period of being new, when I personally think you have permission to get things wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think it then becomes how do you ensure that you continue to live up to that expectation yeah. that you've set? And it's an expectation that we set for ourselves as well, because we we create a construct that we 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 like and that we want to be and that we want others to see that we are, and that's what we hold together. And when you get things wrong you show that you're not perfect and that you can be flawed and not all of us are comfortable with that so I think it does come into that vulnerability I mean don't get me wrong there's also an element here of it it can also totally be about the culture of business you work in because some cultures are very very fixed mindset cultures where if you get it wrong you are written off you know they are as harsh as that and where there isn't that space for growth and learning it's just about getting it right and winning it's really competitive yeah you know you see that in quite traditional corporate environments especially you know financial like banking and you've got always got the famous example of a fixed mindset organization which is Enron you know the famous um like very flawed disastrous American uh giant of a company that was notorious for its fixed mindset leadership, which was all based on you are born with your innate capabilities. It's all about your IQ. You come in here, you win at all costs. You can't fail. Failure is not acceptable. A lot of psychological Mm. bullying. You know, it's not, you know, and if you weren't able to deliver on the day, you were kind of out there, Um, you know, and look how catastrophically they fell. Mm. So <laughs> that tells you all you need to know, really, because it was so rigid and it was it was totally led by people who believed they were right at all co- you know, and they wouldn't hear any different. Uh, and obviously, you know, I think most of them are in prison now, actually. Um, so need I say more? Mm. <laughs> I do think there's something as well about how we're conditioned to view making mistakes so I can't talk about um education and being in school now so for any teachers or people who work in education out there you know this might now be different but certainly when I was at school a very long time ago you know I think we were conditioned a little bit about how making mistakes was a bad thing Mm -hmm. we weren't necessarily uh, then focused on what okay so what did we then learn from that situation and so I certainly know that I've probably grown up then with that view because mm. um, like you said previously, you know, it wasn't recognised or then celebrated that action of learning from mm. it. Uh, and so I think you hold that and you take that with you then into work um, because you've kind of learned that and been conditioned from that from a fairly young age. And like I said, that might be different now in terms of what they focus in on mm. in that in that kind of educational setting. But yeah, I definitely think there's something about that um, in terms of making mistakes. I think that's really fair, actually. I also think it's really fair in terms of being told what you're good at and what you're not. Yeah. So I know, I think my strongest example of my fixed mindset is around my mathematical capability. 
-hmm. So I didn't enjoy maths at primary school. I really struggled to understand it as well. I was very much passionate about English, art, drama, science even, actually, I really loved. But maths, I really struggled with. And the longer that went on, the more I just avoided it and hated it because I wasn't very good at it. And I drilled into my mindset that I wasn't good at it and that I just wasn't born with a mathematical Mm. mindset. Therefore, I was never going to be good at it. And it was interesting because this was a number of years ago now, but I worked in a particular corporate organisation who, for a period of time, held a lot of worth in uh, both psychometric and mathematical testing to inform promotions and I was wanting to take a step into the next management level and had to take these tests to well I suppose essentially go on to the next stage and I remember my line manager at the time directly saying to me that it didn't matter how much I practiced the maths test, I would never pass it because I wasn't good at maths. And that for me was so destroying at the time because actually I had worked really hard to improve my capability with these tests I actually ignored them and spent six months regularly practicing because you could get practice tests of these these kind of math tests I practiced them for six months um desperately trying to improve my skills around them and actually to prove that they were wrong I was so desperate to prove that they were wrong and actually to prove everything that I'd ever known about my math capabilities because I was like I want I wanted to be promoted because I knew I could do it and I was infuriated that actually what was holding me back was just this one 16 minute test that's all it was it was a really short test that also put you know that was also part of the problem because it was the time limit that really struggled with but I was thinking, do you know what? I've got all this experience, years of experience. I've got years of high performance. I'm actually really capable of passing the psychometric testing really high. And I know I could do the job that's being promoted. You know, I know I can do that. I can I can do it. And actually let everyone else know I could do it. But this one stupid 16-minute math test was holding me back. So, yeah, I practiced it for six months and I took it. And, yes, fine. I think I improved incrementally by about 2%. But I took that win. I took that bloody win. And actually, thankfully, because my other test was so high, it kind of helped me out. But I never will ever forget the attitude of that line manager who just was of the view of you, you're not born with this skill set, so you won't be able to do it. And I, it was, I was so infuriated by that, but that is the, that is the fixed mindset. That is a fixed mindset. That's the fixed mindset right there. And it's so debilitating because, you know, I still tell myself, you're no good at that. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. There is that famous quote, whether you tell yourself you can or you can't, you're probably right. Because you yeah. are. If you tell yourself you're no good at it, you won't be. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going back to before, like we've, we've talked about, you know, you fetch your own self-belief. So mm. what you feed your mind will be what you think and what you feel. Mm. So um, this is where, you know, choosing proactively the way 
you approach something or your mindset towards a particular situation it's just so advantageous Mm. um but I get it can be it can be challenging yeah I think from for me like an experience of making a mistake and then learning from it and trying to be comfortable with doing um so was when I was training to become a um certified coach so I was doing um before I started my qualification at uni so I went back to university to study to be a coach and I was working full-time as well um so I was doing probably some like informal coaching in the workplace but never necessarily been trained in how to do it properly so I was taking myself back to uni to do it um and learned loads of theory loads of techniques obviously like lots of um hints and tips take away um and then uh, I had my first coaching session with a client um to kind of you know practice what I'd learned at, at university and put that into play um and it just went totally like AWOL the session it just went totally wrong and the reason for that was because I was in my own mind. So I'd got massively overwhelmed with everything that I'd learned. And I'd kind of put pressure on myself to use like every tool that we'd been through, every technique that I'd been, I'd learned, um, ask every question. Um, I was overanalyzing what questions I was asking. So I wasn't necessarily concentrating on the other person as much as I should have been. And I was in my own head from kind of start to to finish and and so the session um kind of didn't go at, as well at all as, as what it should have done um and I think I ended up I can't even I think I ended up kind of calling it with with the um with the coachee to say look I know that wasn't great and the reason for that was x you know I've, I was just in my own mind um got a little bit overwhelmed and I think I just put so much pressure on myself to run the most perfect session that I possibly could having learned all this great stuff at uni um that it just totally flummoxed me and I had to really coming away from that session I had to really look at myself and think okay what have you why did that happen why did you feel so pressured to impress and bring everything you've ever learned about coaching into that particular session um why did you think it was about you because it should have been about the other person um and yeah it it took me a long time to you know a a fair kind of week or so to to really become comfortable with the fact that I'd made that mistake and learn from okay so what am I going to do differently then for my following sessions um and it's just you know it can be hard to do that and, and I'm not saying that that's something we should all be doing, you know, all of the time. We can't have a growth mindset all of the time into every scenario that we go into. But I think having an awareness that it can help us at certain times is so crucial. If you're um, a listener now listening to this and thinking, OK, you know, I'd like to adopt a growth mindset a little bit more in my day to day, either for me or with people I manage. What would be some of your uh, top tips in doing so? I think I think the the best tip and the one that we've both acknowledged and I know I have used to great effect is adding those three little letters to how I think about things it's the yet for me yeah and that when I am in a space of I can't do this I'm never going to be able to do this 
just stopping and rephrasing what I'm saying and adding that it's not it's a not yet it's not a never it's a not yet I can't do this yet as you articulated so well earlier I think that is the simplest easiest place to start mm-hmm. and you can do that now and start integrating that language into your team that you work with and encouraging and supporting them to do the same I think that is my my toppest tip the the toppest of the top the toppest of the top the toppest of the top tips that is a great place to start I think well it is a great top tip (laughs) and like you said I also agree with that as well um I think to kind of add to that I would say um probably just doing a little bit of self-reflection so identifying and recognizing your fixed mindset triggers because we all have them and don't get me wrong we're not saying in this episode that you should have a growth mindset all of the time because you are only human like you cannot possibly do that you will absolutely fall into a fixed mindset as Lisa explained about her mindset when she woke up this morning um But it's about having that um, knowledge around what triggers your fixed mindset in yourself, but also for other people as well. Um, So I think my second top tip would be um, spending some time identifying and recognizing what those fixed mindset triggers are. Um, And then the final thing for me would be about um, how we, you know, frame and deal and view around um, making mistakes Um, especially if you manage people Mm -hmm. so in your you know next one-to-one with with those um, team members you know perhaps asking them what mistake have you made this month and what have you learned from it And those simple little questions will get them thinking in a slightly different way and teasing out those learns will start creating over time that culture of it being okay to make mistakes and learning from them and perhaps sharing something that you've learned from making a mistake that month so that, that again, we talked about it in the first episode, that kind of um, balance of vulnerability in the Mm -hmm. relationship. Uh, so yeah in your next one-to-one or even as in a team meeting spending a bit of time just talking about making mistakes where you've done that uh role modeling it and also what you've learned from those experiences to create that culture of uh that a growth mindset um you know is encouraged i suppose in that setting i think the the only other suggestion for me is actually how can you proactively put yourself into the learning zone so what opportunities can you identify to challenge yourself Mm. and to enable learning because I think during this past 12 months during the pandemic we've talked about the monotony of you know for some of us not all of us but for some of us who have been working remotely and actually how that's impacted our motivation levels and our energy levels. I think being in the learning zone really helps you to reignite your brain and to trigger new thinking, to re-energize. And actually, it's not just about waiting for opportunity to come a knock in. 
you can seek new opportunities for yourself and, and they can be any size. I'm not talking about huge change or huge opportunities. I'm talking about small things as well, like day to day. So I think it's being really open-minded and increasing your visibility to what opportunities there are that you can cultivate, go find that really challenges you, maybe pushes you slightly out of your comfort zone, but gets you into the learning space where you have the ability to try new things, potentially make mistakes and start practicing your growth mindset. It's now time for this week's listener's question. This is where you, the listener, send us your workplace dilemmas or questions, and we try and answer them and offer some suggestions. Our question this week is from Emma in Manchester. Emma from Manchester. My question this week is, what would be your advice around giving constructive feedback to a new member of the team? And also, do you have any tips around handling the extra workload involved in training and giving feedback? Okay, cool. Thanks, Emma. So, Suze, what what are your thoughts on this for Emma? So, the first thing I'd say, Emma, is... um, try and just separate the two parts of the question because there's probably two different themes within um the question that you've uh sent in there um so we can tackle each one individually um but also i think that might help you with your clarity of thinking your prep your messaging uh, and how you approach them so probably the first subject being around how you successfully induct a new starter And then secondly, how you then provide um, feedback to a new starter as well. So there's probably two different elements of the question I would suggest. So let's take the first piece around successfully inducting um, a new starter and the workload associated with it. So I'm going to be a bit firm here and and give a bit of a home truth, because um, to do this well and reap the benefits of a good employee, it does take time and investment from you as a line manager in the short term. Um, But I can promise it absolutely is worth it in terms of the long term benefit uh, of spending that time investing in that person up front. So try and stick with it uh, and make sure within your onboarding, you're not only covering off know the functional skills and knowledge but also um the bit around you know how we get things done uh, around here so the behaviors you need to see and also setting those limits and boundaries so for example that could be like how the two of you work together or how you're interacting with clients or customers um, and I think by setting those boundaries up front, um, that makes it e- then easier linking into the second part of your question around delivering any feedback if that's required later down the line, because you can refer back to those boundaries that were set originally. Um, and, you know, I think just doing those kind of two in hand, a comprehensive induction um, is time consuming, but you can over, you know, a over a period of time start then weaning yourself out of that and spending the amount of time that you are with um with inducting that person in into the organization i think secondly on providing feedback um my recommendation would be just firstly to proceed with a curious mindset and we talk a lot about this in our episode with helen actually on in season one which i think is episode eight um keep calm keep factual 
keep collaborative, you know, especially if the person is still relatively new to the position or organisation. Um, prep a conversation, but don't let that prepped conversation dictate the flow. So, you know, go with it uh, and see what that other person says and how they respond to your questions. Um, and, you know, if you are needing to deliver um, some feedback, if, if that person hasn't necessarily kind of come to the conclusion that you were wanting through your questioning, a really um, good methodology is using a model, which I've used quite a lot in my career. Um, it's called the SBI model. So um, it's basically focused on the situation, the behavior and the impact of a particular situation um, or scenario. Uh, and it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. I, I find it quite easy to use as well uh, and to tie into conversations. And you don't have to deliver feedback in a, you know, non, in a confrontational way. It doesn't have to be like that. You can just um, build it into a conversation and use it to help the other person develop and support them. And I think that's a really crucial message to also be landing um, within that conversation as well. So try not to be scared of it. It is a conversation to hopefully help the other person grow and, and move forward. Um, so yeah they would be probably my bits of um, suggestions to, to help with that scenario um, Lisa have you got anything you'd like to add I think you have nailed it I don't think I have anything to add to that to be fair I thought that was good good advice there so I'll take that yeah I'll leave it there so thank you very much Emma good luck with that let us know how you get on if those of you who are listening have your own thoughts on this and would like to share, or you have a question for us to answer, please get in touch. You can email us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk, or you can always send us a message on Instagram at thecoachingcast. It's now time for Bullshit Bingo, where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which, quite frankly, make us cringe. Today's bullshit bingo is from Elsie, who sent us this one on Instagram. It is a phrase often used, and it is, let's get all of our ducks in a row. Referring to making sure you are ready to go without hesitation in completing a task or achieving an outcome. Thoughts, Lisa? So I do think I have a tendency to take these bullshit bingos and make them really literal, but I can't help it. So weirdly, this morning I was driving along and there was this queue of traffic and it was in a particularly awkward position in this little village where it gets very narrow, people double park. It's all about letting people you know, come through right of way, which most people <laughs> generally, generally ignore. And this queue was... It was, I mean, it was taking a long time and I was blaming this tiny little car in front and being like, oh, for God's sake. I was like, what's taking them so, you know, effing long? And um, as I drove past, I realised it's because there was this little row of ducks. <laughs> in a row? <laughs> yeah. And um, the reason the traffic had taken so long was because they were allowing the ducks to like waddle across the road. And uh, anyway, that made me laugh. So it was as though... They knew. They knew that we were talking about today's bullshit bingo. They it wasn't a very orderly row. I don't I don't think they'd taken their own advice on this one. They were a bit all over the shop, but that was yeah. probably because they'd got a little bit jittered by the, the oncoming ginormous vehicles that looked like they were going to squash them. <laughs> but yeah, 
I'm sorry, I've taken it literal as usual, but that is my view on bullshit bingo today because strangely, coincidentally, I saw some form of a, a row of ducks this morning. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> well, I think I also am quite a literal person anyway and I've done the same. So I literally visualise some ducks um, all kind of sat there ready to go in a row, whether that's... Um, eating bread or stealing bread or go oh, actually no, they're not meant to eat bread anymore are they they're carb free now these days they're carb free well they've got a gluten intolerance no i think that you're not meant to feed them bread anymore i think is it is oh, that shattered my childhood actual thing oh, right. uh, i think they've had so much bread over the years and just <laughs> they've become long. celiacs yeah <laughs> um anyway if anyone knows that let us know please let us know um but yeah Let's get all of our ducks in a row. It's today's Bullshit Bingo. So we are coming to the end of today's episode where we've explored the topic of having a growth mindset, both for yourself and also helping others to be in the learning zone too. Our tips from today for you to go away and try in adopting a growth mindset are... So, on... The high-tech whiteboard is back for a second season. <laughs> so, number one, one simple word, a word yet. So, for example, I can't do this. Well, I can't do this yet. So, adding that one simple word. Number two, identify and recognise fixed mindset triggers for both yourself and other people. Number three, ask individuals what mistake they have made this month and what they have then learnt from it. This will cultivate a culture of being acceptable to make mistakes and building on a, a growth mindset. And number four, identify opportunities to get into the learning zone and practice a growth mindset. So they are our four top tips on this week's episode all about having a growth mindset. Also, you can try asking yourself the following questions this week. Number one, how can I adopt a growth mindset this week? What will I do differently? Number two, how will I support my team to practice a growth mindset and support them to be in the learning zone? And number three, consider a piece of work you are doing right now and ask yourself, how can I anticipate the setbacks and how will I overcome these? We hope you enjoyed today and have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. So please contact us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or on Instagram at thecoachingcast. Your support means everything as always. Therefore, if you like what you've heard, then please give us a follow on Instagram at The Coaching Cast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or most importantly, subscribe to future episodes wherever you listen. Don't forget, you can also find us on YouTube by searching The Coaching Cast. Our episode next week has a special guest joining us. The first one of the new season where we will be talking to Joanne Wheatley, executive coach and supervisor, who has recently been awarded the accolade of EMCC Global Coach 2020. Really exciting. 
excited to chat to Joanne on next week's episode. We both love music and we use it to motivate and energize us. So we like to finish each episode of the coaching cast with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into that next Zoom or Teams meeting. Uh, It's my choice this week and I have chosen uh, Peace of Mind by Above and Beyond. It's an absolute trance tune. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and remember, you've got this. Bye.